0: Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm your host, PJ Dorn, along with Tony Wink, and introducing superstar Dave Selecki. This week we have Adam Enteknap we're going to be interviewing, but first, here's the latest news in the industry.
1: All right, so the board has approved, and this is a little bit old news, but the board has approved that the FIM is not going to use WADA for anti-doping tests or anti-doping test in the AMA Supercross. And so the USADA is going to take that over. Big news for us. We've been talking about it for a while on the show, but it's finally official. And more recently, Christian Craig has got his decision overturned. He appealed it. He actually had to go to Switzerland. They gave him a two-year suspension, and it was set to end on uh, March 9th of 2020. It's lifted now. And uh, he's going to be back on the track, so it's 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 a it's a big win for our sport, I think.
0: And how far back does this? Uh, as we all know, most famously, uh, simply because of his stature, this organization absolutely impacted, and we've discussed it great length in the past. Miss one, Mister uh, J.S. Seven, they re- these guys Wada can be directly uh, credited with uh, changing the path of Mister Stewart's
1: career. Well, hundred percent, and it isn't just James Stewart. It's Cade Clausen, yeah, uh, Christian Craig, the most Brock Tickle, who was a factory KTM rider not that long ago. His suspension is just now coming up here this year uh, or next year. I, I think it's it's uh, the the thing that's really good about it. I think is they're still going to test for the for to make sure somebody's not performance enhancing uh, the point purposely performance enhancing. That's the that's the whole the trick, point. too. Is that's that if something point. triggers it? Um, the thing is, is they'll. It'll sit on somebody's desk and, and who knows where. And and in the meantime, this guy's career is be,
0: evaporating around him.
1: What are your thoughts, Dave?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's somebody's livelihood they're messing with. And uh, I, th- I think it was a good move on their part to uh, to move it to the USADA because they're promising faster turnaround. You know, it's not going to sit somewhere for a long period of time and, and hopefully get these guys uh, ultimately back on the track, which is where they belong.
1: there's no way that the sport is better because of it. And I I get that we don't want to have our athletes. Maybe we do. <laughs> maybe we, Maybe we'll, I want to have them all... How,
0: how far could they jump if we just opened the gate, the floodgates, and said, "Do it, go all in." How Let's go, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire style. Work let's let it, it, it roll if he was one hundred percent juicing. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> oh god, he's now lapping at the ceiling of the Superdome. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he
2: is literally berm shooting the ceiling. Won't they have to put a bunch of asterisks in the record books though?
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't, it, I don't. I don't know. I think it sucks. It, I think it's a huge bummer for Stewart and Tickle and. And the damage is done you can't undo it these are things that can't
0: be undone um, ever right I mean Stuart he, his life has gone on and to his credit he's clearly coped and well
1: you know I was actually speaking to Stuart I was really excited to see um, some interviews with him he's starting to come out of the, uh, out, me of too. the out of the, out of the woodwork a little bit more and and uh you know he's still involved with seven his gear company and um, of course his brother's killing it he's you know, got
0: some and he's got some great videos on YouTube. That's stuff I've been seeing like he brings kids out. Does yeah. the same kind of stuff you do. The same kind of stuff you want to see a local racer do who has the ability to share the sport and bring new people in. He's doing exactly that.
1: Yeah, it's he no doubt that guy. I, I in my opinion as far as of of the riding style going forward and, and maybe somebody older than me will will not appreciate this as much, but he definitely is is uh Every bit of, of a he's, – he's completely changed the style of sport, you know, the Bubba Scrub. You know, like the, the kids are doing it on super minis now. And you're like –
0: Where did they – yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's incredible.
1: <laughs> the, the difference that they – the riding style, I mean, not for me or Dave Selecki. We <laughs> <Yeah>. are still <laughs> – I just no, try to so stay
0: much. on the bike. That's my big power move. Yeah. Stay on top of it. I do like to keep the wheels close
2: to the ground, though, because I find I go a little faster than when I'm in the air. So, yeah, that's
1: because you jump like you learned how to jump in 1975. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I did <laughs> so, actually, I it's did. very
2: safe this way. That's because the bikes didn't want to jump back in 1975. Yeah,
1: you know, I think with this, um, this move, um, I think it was long overdue. I think that, uh, I'm a little bummed that Feld or or the AMA or somebody or the FIM, I guess. Didn't didn't do something a lot sooner. sooner than this because it's such a it's such crap that uh, these kids have gone had to go through that and you say it affects somebody's livelihood it isn't just their livelihood it's, it's their, the teams and
0: their family
1: who yes. invested to
0: get them to James Stewart's family put a lot of things on hold and again he's just one example an easy one a lot of things went by the wayside to make sure he was at every race he needed to be at so
1: you think about the sport. Off road or, or supercross. We're talking about supercross, but if if you think about this sport in comparison to stick and ball or collegiate sports, they have training facilities that they get sent to. If you if you kick ass, you're going to get to go to yep. this camp or that camp or whatever. Whereas in this sport, you pay to play. You got to pay, yeah, and it's expensive. And and
0: it's not the only sport, but it is given the outcome at the end of your long and. Meteoric rise to the middle of the road for some of these guys. It's a lot of money that may never be reimbursed. Even a guy like recouped.
1: A, my buddy Justin Brighton, who's you know almost forty, it's, and he's still blazing. Mid- yeah, he's. I mean, obviously, but he still pays out of his own pocket to have a guy go and film him every day, so, so he- they can study film at night, and that comes out. Of, it doesn't come out of Team Honda. It doesn't oh, no. come out of. You know, HRC it's part is of a it. part of he, his race budget, and
0: he tries to get it covered if he can. But it, it, either way, I'm paying that bill.
2: Yeah, to your point, Tony. You know how many families have just you know mortgaged their future with these with these kids and and spent it all at the racetrack, and and something like this could just bring it to a grinding halt. You know, all that investment, all that time and effort, and you end up in this position because of a you know the testing process. Not necessarily the fact that they were found to have a substance, but the process of it.
1: Remember when they they tested Ricky Carmichael's fuel and they said it wasn't in spec? Yeah, it was lead in the fuel, if I remember right. Yeah. He says, if you think I'm cheating, that's okay. I just won't come back. And they're like, whoa, pump the brakes, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) You can't quit. Peter Ricky yeah. Carmichael, you are our star. But yep. but really,
2: didn't they kind of talk out of both sides of their mouth when they took Stewart off of the track? You know, yeah, and, they absolutely and did. There's a guy that was was filling seats and 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 really bringing this, like Tony said, bringing the sport to a whole new level. And you know, they let that play out the way they did, and they could have probably maybe jumped in there and 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 uh, helped things change for the better.
0: And what, what to. Now that they're out of our uh, one of our favorite sports, uh, this isn't the only time they've been involved in controversy. They are in their own field and arena. They are routinely uh, questioned for, you know, the the choice of actions that they take. The, Talk about water. Yeah, WADA. I mean, in all the other sports that they, this isn't the only sport they have a hand in or had a hand in, as it were. They've, as I understand. They they are the world anti doping organization. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, (laughs)
2: yeah, they're so they're doing Olympic athletes and team sports all across the world.
0: Yeah, that's what uh, that's what I understood, and and very famously bicycle racing. Um, And they and their actions in regards to
1: well, we know people don't cheat in bicycle racing. That's been proven that they've they've never been a cheater. (laughs) There's never been anybody trying to to get an edge up on bicycle Uh, racing.
0: Yes it is the where the it's the best really <laughs> it's the best use of it. the electronics that they've come out with have really pushed our electrical bicycles to the to the next level
1: all right we got a guest coming up we're going to talk to adam entick but first pj do you have this week's trivia question
0: you bet I do. Who and when was the first backflip trick successfully completed in competition? By that I mean who was it? And when was it done? Easy,
1: easy one. I, I remember easy. It well. I do
0: too. Yeah. It was a big deal.
1: And I got a little trivia on that bike that he that he did it on. All right, so with Supercross just around the corner, we're gonna be joined with Adam Enticknapp, who's returning for a second year with HEP Motorsports to compete in the four fifty class Monster Energy supercross championship what's up adam how are you what's up boys and girls how you guys doing just hanging out so we interviewed we we uh we called you the rap star that also races a little supercross
3: ah that's funny yeah no um i did a i did a concert in geneva recently for a packed house both nights and it went just absolutely amazing um it's kind of like one of those things where i grew up as a kid and i always wanted to race dirt bikes and dirt bikes was my passion and you know, I grew up just wanting to race supercross. That was the dream. Um, and it still is number one for sure, hands down, but I picked up the hip hop stuff, you know, a few years ago, and it kind of boosted my stardom up, um, a lot just because, you know, people have music on their phones. They play music in their car. It's on the radio. It's, you know, it's everywhere. It's part of life. And, um, people stream the music in unbelievable amount. And just to have, uh, my voice in their ear and just being reminded of who i am 24 7 you know around the world uh, has definitely boosted my career in supercross up you know i am known i am known as the rapper motocross guy but um, i'm having fun doing what i do and uh, i absolutely love every minute of it
1: so uh jb and i do an event at my track in Iowa where he's from uh, the justin brayton shootout and yep. uh, it's in may and, and last year we were talking about we always bring somebody else and Br- Damon Bradshaw comes and, and um, we've had a lot of, of uh, more current guys that are there that are still racing supercross in and out over the years. And um, we talked about having you come to the race. It's uh it's the same weekend as, as um, the opening round of, of the outdoors. So he, you know, we thought about doing something and I, and at first I was like, I don't know if that's a good fit, but I think it's a great fit. Actually, if we need to have like a, you know, that's not J V style, but I think it'd be cool to have a beer tent and have you down there rapping and and uh throwing a concert. It'd be it'd be pretty cool. I don't know if you got any interest in that, but maybe we should get together after the show and talk about it.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean I have interest in anything that gets me paid to ride my dirt bike so if that <laughs> means if that means going to race and and then doing a little concert afterwards that means going to race and doing a concert afterwards i'm all about it and two like it's crazy how many how many people just absolutely love the music and are just so into it you know in geneva it was going it was absolutely going off i did a little concert at the after party too and that was that was even more insane and it's cool That's because cool. it almost ties it almost ties having fun and dirt bikes together even more. You know, like when we get on the gate, um, it's, you know, it's full go, it's war by all means. But, you know, the reason that we all got into riding dirt bikes is because we love it and we have fun doing it. So it's definitely a, um, a solid reminder that, you know, you need to have fun on your dirt bike and that's what we're here for.
0: And do you, Adam, you, you say in concert, which awesome, are, do you have a full band behind you or is this something you can set up and do yourself? Cause Geneva, you're all over the place, uh, doing this stuff. I mean, do you need a, a whole bunch of supporters at a one man show?
3: Dude, it's fully a one man show. Um, it's pretty cool with all the new technology and, and pro tools. It's taken me about six years to really, you know, get a good grasp on pro tools and how to mix and, and do all that stuff. But I've gotten so much better at it. And, uh, you know, I get my, uh, I get some of my beats from my from some of the producers I like and uh, have a relationship with. And then sometimes I build a few of my own. But, um, you know, for the most part, I can get out all my songs and all that stuff concert ready. Um, you know, for me, I don't really do um, uh, like a full vocal. But what I do is like, you know, I leave the chorus and then try to leave some of the rapping part and stuff like that. Because, you know, it's hard to prepare fully for racing supercross and then prepare for a concert too so um i just kind of um sing along with the chorus and then i wrap the mid part and you know it, it's it's believe it or not it's harder to memorize all those little words than you think so oh, definitely I a one-man show which yeah definitely a one-man show which makes it which makes it really easy on me and you know the other nice thing is like you know you put in the work and then you get rewarded for it you know
2: so uh, adam Got a question for you? Is it harder to memorize a supercross track or or your next song?
3: Uh, I would say I would say the songs for sure. Just because you know when you go around the supercross track, there's only so many obstacles. And then with music, I have so many. Like I probably do fifty voice notes a day, and like um, fifty what? You know, fifty voice notes. Voice what memos. That? What's a voice? So note? you. There's like a voice memo thing on your phone where you can record a vocal. And what I do is like all day, you know, there's random stuff that comes into my head. And I just (laughs) um, I spit spit it into my phone and record it. And um, then I put, you know, I'll write it down in voice notes because sometimes it's a melody that I like and not so much the words. And then sometimes it's the words that I like. So I'm always constantly doing it because there's so many different words and melodies coming into my head all the time. So I would say that's the hardest part about memorizing music is that you're constantly writing new stuff. And then you have to go back and remember, you know, what you said before. And then, you know, like on, on that song, my bike's too lit. There's so many words in that song that you have to yeah. remember. And then like in yellow blue, it's not, it's not as hard to memorize it because there's so many gaps and it's not, it's more punchlines instead of like, um, you know, rhyming and flow. So it just, it really depends on the song, but definitely dude, I can get a super cross track down on five minutes. It takes me, you know, sometimes a couple days to get a song down.
1: So usually, I, I it seems like a guy like you that's really creative likes a wide range of music. Um, but uh, do you have like a go to like when I was like I liked Gangstar and Ice Cube, and Snoop Dogg. Yeah. I'm old though, right? Are you yeah. more of like a boys to men kind of guy or what? Uh, that's dude, a joke. Honestly, but.
3: like you know what you know what's crazy is like like for instance, like this is what's on my phone right now. So I have this dude like. Lil Peep, Lil Uzi Vert, um, Arizona Zervis. But then, you know what I mean? I got, like, um, Post Malone, Heartland, Queen. um, You know, I've been listening to a lot of Weezer, ACDC, The Police, Soundgarden, Led Zeppelin, Tom Petty, 50 Cent, Luke Holmes. I mean, I have, like, literally, like, Destiny's Child I got on here, um, Genuine, alan jackson zach Destiny's brown band Child. Destiny's i mean Child. Dude, that's it, bro <laughs> that, green was, that day. was the jam
0: man beyonce dude, yeah, the no, I, got, started. I got
3: green day i got everything because it's just it's so crazy like how much inspiration you can get from any like any music you know I, i'll even listen to some edm and dubstep that's definitely not my go-to but, you know, the the synthesizers and the way they do the bass is yeah, so sure. um, unique. It's just, and then I listen to a lot of the, I don't particularly love country, but it's got a lot of soul. And what they do is they create pictures and they create images so well that you got to listen to that music. And then I love hip hop. It's like my root, my Emin- Eminem was like pretty much who made me want, you know, to really rap back in the day, Eminem and 50 Cent. So that's kind of like where I got all my hip hop stuff from and then you know yeah. I I now I listen to everything because you know there's just so much good music out there and you have such a bigger appreciation for what's going on when you start making music and you see how hard it is to actually do it it's kind of like supercross you know like when people go ride a supercross track like back when RIP to Milestone but when people went on to the Supercross track at Milestone, it's funny how they're like, oh my gosh, how do you even do this? You know. And then when you watch it on TV and look at it from the stands, it looks super easy. So I, I think it's definitely the same scenario.
0: So Adam, I want to love the, the discussion of the music, but I understand you are also a BMX racer. How how early did you get started on the BMX? Because uh, I've got a pretty uh, long background in BMX, and I think it's... an Unsung hero of uh, of all of our motorcycle racing, really,
3: bro. It honestly is. Uh, I think that's ninety percent of the reason. Maybe not ninety percent, but a lot of the reason that I'm good at Supercross. I started um, on a pedal bike when I was four years old. Um, started racing BMX, and this is something a lot of people don't know about me. But I I raced the NBL for a long, long time, and I actually won the California um, title in the nine year old class. And oh, then I no went joke. to, yeah, I went to Ohio state and won, um, the president's cup for the state of California. So, uh, I got sponsored by specialized right after that and rode for this team called Haynes BMX. And I rode like some, a, a, a- helmet. And we had all of our, uh, you know, a gear. And after that I was probably, I raced for a couple more years, still did pretty good. Um, but, was starting to ride the dirt bike a little bit more around 10, 11 years old. And then, you know, around 12, 13, I decided it's way easier to twist the throttle than it is to pedal a bicycle. Right. And you go faster and you get to go way faster and the jumps are way bigger and just everything about it. And it was like, it was so funny because when I was 12 and 13, you know, it was really mostly just because I didn't have to pedal you know, and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so much fun. You can go out and you can jump your dirt bike and you can do so much bigger stuff on your dirt bike. And you don't even have to fucking pedal it to go. And now it's so funny because I pedal so freaking much on my road bike and my mountain bike, like looking back at it, like now I have to train even harder on my bicycle (laughs) than I would have if I had done my mountain bike. It's so funny how that works.
2: So going back in time, um, Adam, the uh, the seven two two, the seven deuce deuce, that's your identity, right?
3: Yeah, um, definitely.
2: Now I know the AMA made you run ninety seven last year. Um, yeah. and I don't think you were too happy about that. I'm just guessing. No. But you know, what's the story behind seven twenty two? I'm always fascinated by riders and the number they chose and what's the story behind it. Sometimes it's an anniversary or a you know, what's yes. what's the uniqueness of that number to you?
3: So it's kind of funny because, um, so Jeremy McGrath was always my favorite racer, um, when he was racing. But when I got kind of into Arena Cross, because I turned 21 and I was in Arena Cross and we went pro and I ran 522, which is actually my birthday. So May 22nd is my birthday. And I was running that during Arena Cross and, I was like the first test guy to do the arena cross series to get your supercross license, and it worked like super good. So I was—I just got done doing my arena cross deal, and I was still five twenty-two, um, and I went to apply for my motocross or my AMA supercross license um, to get a number, and I put in five twenty-two, and um, my second option was 722 and the reason that being is at the time my favorite racer was james stewart and i was like dude james was always so sick and i just wanted to be like him because he was just so fast he did the biggest jumps and he was just so sick on the motorcycle so i was like you know what if i can't get 522 the next best the next next best thing is definitely 722 so and i figured shit, if it's seven you know, it's got to be a little bit lucky. So I threw 722 in there and they called me uh, a few weeks later and they're like, hey, Adam, 522 is not available. Um, 722 is. And I was kind of like, at first I was like, well, I don't know, should I do something different? And I'm like, no way, 722 has got to be it. So um, that's kind of how I got my number. And it's been super good to me ever since. And I just, I absolutely love it.
2: Well, it's I, like sure. I said, it's your identity out there. I think everybody is, you know, picked it up and and, and it's and it's giving you that image out there.
3: Yeah, no, definitely. You're a good marketer. Um, yeah, no, I, did, I marketed myself as 7 Deuce Deuce and I just kind of embraced everything about the number. And I love the look of the number and I just, that's who I am. And it's it's crazy how like it took over my music too. You know, it's like it it was one thing it started out on my dirt bike. And it's funny how, you know, that just goes to show you how much Supercross really is my identity, no matter how much music I make. Because, you know, I could have picked any rapper name in the whole entire world. But the rapper name that I chose was, you know, pretty much my dirt bike number. So um, everything about racing dirt bikes, everything about 7 Deuce Deuce is just who I am.
1: It's good. And so when you're in Arena Cross, that's the Tyler Bowers T- Tyler Bowers era or
3: No, I was actually right before Tyler Bowers. Okay. Literally like Before Phil really before. killed the series. Yeah, I Ouch. was I, <laughs> I Yeah, no, I uh I went to um Arena Cross when like the last year one of the last years Jeff Gib- Jeff Gibson was killing it.
1: Oh um, dude, that
3: was really fun
1: that time. Everybody's still kind of party. But
3: yeah, Janalfi <laughs> freaking. Yep. um he's the Scott guy now. Who else was in there? I think even um I wanna say it was like Josh Demoose last year on Batman. It was Demus.
1: Yeah, it was right when Demuth was just about done. And um, so like Hoffmaster and those guys were gone by the time you got in there. No, right? but yeah, maybe yeah, little, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, maybe a little Brock Sellers in there.
1: No, no, no he, it, well, Brian said he was fifty-two. So, so yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> oh, come that's on! I'm horrible. trying to rep Ohio here.
1: Yeah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. I, I, I love hearing. To tell you the truth, I, I didn't know that much about you other than just what I saw, and I, I listened to a couple podcasts with, that Mathis did with you on there, of course, and and I don't. Those things go on for like eight hours, so I can't, I can't catch them all. But I've always really the thing I like about you. I say you're a good marketer. But you don't come across with like as like you have an ego, so it's it's very easy to like you. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm an older guy, I'm 42, so I'm kind of old. So if it's uh, if I can if I can like a guy that's rapping his way through Supercross, that's pretty dang cool. I think <laughs> we
0: uh, we need to add him to your annual man because how cool would it be to have him race and rap at your party? You know, while I'm shooting fireworks. Over You're not doing outdoors, there. are you?
3: Uh, I think I might do a couple, but I'm not doing all of them. No way.
1: You don't want to do the first one. That one sucks.
3: Ah, that was the closest (laughs) though. I know. (laughs) know, It's the same week in his
1: mind. Well, we'll talk about it. I'll talk to JB and see what he thinks. See if we can afford the seven dish dish, huh?
3: Straight up. Hey, we
0: can get a really crappy RV out there for you. You'll have a really luxurious day. We got
3: new
1: RVs down there. What are you (laughs) talking about? You do? What? Yeah, we do. (laughs) So uh, we got to wrap this interview, but I want to congratulate you on another year on HEP Motorsports. Um, I think you got great teammates with Max and Kyle, and I I wish you all the success this year in Supercross, okay?
3: Hey, thank you guys so much, and uh, make sure you guys swing by the pit. Um, come say hello at whatever race you guys get to come to. And I appreciate you guys having me on.
1: All right.
0: Look forward to seeing you at a race. That's Take been
1: care, nap We've got a uh, – so before we, we came to him, we had this week's trivia question of the week. It was who and when was the first backflip successfully completed in competition? I remember very well. I said it's impossible. PJ.
0: Yeah, and the answer is Carrie Hart. At the 2000 Summer X Games, Tony, I'm going to let you add. Where was that?
1: Do you remember where uh, that X California, Games was? California, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I assume California, but but I, I don't. I wasn't there. I watched it on watched TV. Watched it on TV along with the rest of the world. What's interesting about that is that bike is actually over in the Quad Cities, in on uh, the Illinois side of Iowa, Illinois border. The guy that owned uh, Springfield Armory the gun company the hand the handgun company i'm right? well
0: aware of who he is I've i actually, actually got a gun from him
1: okay so tom he sold his uh, his half of the business for uh, 180 million or something to his brother who was his 50-50 partner so now tom's his deal is he has a giant and i mean five times the size of the dealership you work in full f- 10 times maybe full of of motorcycles including cool ones. Uh, and it's and he's a collector it's not a museum it's a museum but that he has a full-time guy working on bikes or guys. Yeah, teams I'm probably. sure. I'm sure. But it's not something that's open to the public every day, like the one in Anamosa or the AMA one or any of that or stuff. Or the
0: Evel Knievel one down in uh, Kansas. In Kansas.
1: This thing's just simply for, like, sometimes. And I've had the the luxury of being able to go there several times. But he's got uh, some of Jeff Ward's bikes, Chad Reed's bikes, uh, Travis Pastrana's bike that he jumped into the, the San Francisco Bay. Oh, man. Uh, he's got, like, Old old stuff, newer stuff, and one of the bikes he has is Carrie Hart's backflip bike from 2000. When he, it's so cool.
0: That is that. It's like getting Tony Hawk's first McTwist skateboard. I mean, it's an it changed the sport that day.
2: What kind of bike right. was
0: it, Tony? That was a Honda, I think,
1: right? Yeah, it was a Honda. Yeah. Yeah, and and. Uh, the thing's pretty straight. Carrie, oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> on a on a related note, Carrie Hart's got a kid that seems to be coming along in the racing as well. Oh, really? Yeah. So
1: when we were doing the team stuff, we would see him and Pink sitting down. You know, during the and P- there was always kind of a swarm of people. But when but during practice, we would go up there, and I just sit up in the in the, uh, you know, where where all the industry people would sit. As a team manager, I, I if I wasn't out in the in the middle, I would just go up there, and we weren't usually in the tower for the practice because it's a lot of running back and forth. But I sat next to those people many times, and they're just as normal as anybody. They're good I mean, peeps. They are good peeps. Yeah. And,
0: and, yeah, his kid, I specifically remember him being, if you ro- watch the entire Supercast bro- or Supercross broadcast on any given weekend, you'll catch the 50 races, the yeah, little kid sure. races. His kid has been at the front pointy slash won that in my memory a couple of times. So, if you've got any connections, you should talk to him about his kid, and he's got a cool name. I can't remember it right now, but his kid has a cool Purple. name. Something like that.
2: Yellow, <laughs> something sweet.
1: Uh, all right, yeah. I want to thank uh, all of our listeners for uh, for tuning into this this show. I want to thank our guest, Adam Entegnapp, for being with us today. And, and uh, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to us with your favorite podcast app where you can get alerts with new episodes are uploaded each week. And, of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and our website, KidPassComotive.com.
0: This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to Ed Camp, our producer, Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer, Sean Rule Hoffman. I want to say a special thanks to Mr. Selecki for joining us. Welcome to the team, as thank dysfunctional you, you. as we may be.
1: It's, an, it's a functional dysfunction. <laughs> we, we enjoy it. All right, I'm Tony Wank, PJ Dorn, and Dave Selecki. Thanks for listening. See you next time.